Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the AT. Best car ahead here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Hey everybody, it's TJ Major, spotter for the 88 in the Cup Series and the 7 in Xfinity Series. And I gotta ask why I don't add my truck in there. Well, add somebody. it. I do a 29 truck. <laughs> we fixed and, that. Yeah, there you go. Now you know. Don't hate me. There you go. Sitting with me today, as you heard. Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer and Elliot Sadler and our trusty, beautiful co-host, yep. Kristen. Yeah, Kristen has a... She looks different today. <laughs> You look her. She got facial hair and a deeper voice. Yeah. How, how are you, Kristen? Uh, doing well. Doing well. <laughs> so, so producer Josh is going to be bipolar today. He's yeah. going to be Kristen and producer Josh. Kristen had something come up and couldn't make the recording of this awesome uh, podcast. So, Josh is going to fill in, butterfly and all. I hope she's not out because we went to Hooters and she got sick or something. That would be unfortunate. How, how like when you're a girl? And you agree to go to Hooters. How many how many cool points do you like go up? Like if you're a seven, do you become an eight or you become a nine because you're cool with hanging out at Hooters? Oh, well, she likes wings. Well, she likes wings. She still got to go to Hooters. She didn't get wings. So. Everyone goes to Hooters for the wings, right? And the socks. And the socks. <laughs> and the nylons. <laughs> the not. I mean, yeah, we had a door bumper clear meeting, man, and we forgot to tell you we were having it. <laughs> no, <laughs> me, Josh, and Kristen went to Hooters. Yeah. Wow. Did you eat some wings? I ate ten naked hot wings. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Will Will Elliot's bus driver had a uh, wings wrapped in bacon. Have you ever heard of such? No, but it uh, sounds good. They were good. Old bacon bacon had, car had a rough day. What'd you, though. Eat? What'd you get, Josh? Other than uh, that shot of uh, tequila. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of post Josh's birthday, so we had to get him a tequila shot. Yeah. Right. It. Uh, I got wings. I got fifteen boneless wings. Yeah. You, you don't like the bone-in wings? Uh, I do. I don't like them at Hooters, though. Hooters aren't my favorite wings. No. You don't want to get messy in front I, of the I girls. D- I don't go to Hooters for wings. Yeah. <laughs> so really, really the, changing gears. Happy for one main presenting this show to you guys today. Yeah. We're in the Exalta studio. The Exalta studio has helped us out a bunch. We love it. Speaking of Exalta. Speaking of Exalta. So they're doing this special thing, and uh, they're trying to get 20,000 followers on Twitter. They've already got 15. Yeah, so we can they're help getting them. there. But the cool part about it is is we have until uh, May 13th, um, they're going to partner with the Pocono Raceway and give away $88,000 if Dale Jr. wins the the race, which is sponsored by Exalta 2 at Pocono. Wow. So, And that's on June 5th. So follow Exalta Racing to become part of this and possibly win. We've 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 swept there before, so I mean, why not take some free money if they're? I mean, it's follow button. What's, we, it, what's I mean, the hurt? This podcast alone can get them over twenty thousand followers. I know. We follow Exalta. I mean, you block more people than that. I blocked two idiots <laughs> on the way here today. See, two clowns. I mean, why? Is that what happens when you get a red light? Why are you gonna be? Why are you gonna be a troll on Twitter? Like. I can't understand why people want to do that. That's because they don't have to answer anybody. You nah. can you can say what you want and then delete the tweet, yeah. and and uh, and basically feel better about yourself, which yeah. is complete opposite because they probably wouldn't say it in person. And, and you click on their picture, 
and it's either a picture of their dog, a picture of a race car, a picture of somebody. It's not even them. It's yeah. like, grow up. Stop it's being like, – get out of your mom's basement. This is uh, this is my 14-year-old dog, Roxy. <laughs> Roxy. Yeah. So Wimps. Anyway, so uh, what about Bristol? Man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a career finish for you so far. Yeah, hey, we finished top ten. We we ran well after about lap 200. Took us a little while. It takes us half the race to figure out what to do. Well, and that race was weird. If you played your pit strategy right, then you could get some. And a bunch of guys did. You guys did. The 38 did. The 14 did. Yeah. I um, hated to see Landon not get a better opportunity to finish where he ran all day. I mean, the guy yeah. ran top ten well, all they, day. And honestly, to, to – to get there, they 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 stayed out that one caution. They did, but so, didn't fall back to a third on the restart. No, he um he did. They, they were doing good. They it was hard, so hard to pass. And Landon's a good short track driver. He's yeah. a really good short track driver, and it shows when he was in that forty car. He he uh, was always competitive at short tracks for what they had. And yeah. this and the, this Bristol, you you uh, all you have to do is have a, a semi decent car and a, a you know a grade A car can't pass you. Right. It's really, really hard. It takes 10, 15 laps sometimes for the guy to get the right run to get around you. So if you have a, if you know what you're doing and you don't make any mistakes, you can run good. I want to say this, though. I watched Dale Jr. go two laps down immediately, obviously. Oh, I watched okay. him, too. But then you watched him for the next 500 laps that he made because he got back on lead lap. So he still made 500 laps around Bristol. All right. He raced that track like it was the old Bristol. And what I mean by yeah. that is – I saw him put McMurray in the wall. I saw him put Ty Dillon in the wall. Like, I saw him moving and rooting guys out of the way. And you know what? Maybe it's in the driver's hands as to what this show actually ends up being at Bristol, and it's not the track's fault. Because Dale Jr. raced like it was all Bristol. He didn't take it for anybody. He he definitely raced like we we were already – he came out guns blazing, man. I mean, that's and you know, I I love spotting when he drives like that. And I know you have to drive like that to a certain point. When you're two laps down – if you lose one more, you're done, done. for sure. Yeah. So with two laps down, a wave around, and and uh, if you have a quick car, you could you know you could get a lucky dog and stuff. So that's what that's what we did. But he was, I mean, he he didn't go into the corner and and when he was past somebody and drive to the bottom, he went into the corner a car length lower than them and just was gum, was coming up until they lifted. Yeah, here's so, my thing about the people complaining about Bristol. If you're a Dale Jr. fan, you probably left there happy. If you're a Carl Edwards fan, you probably left there happy. Yeah. Clint Boyer fan, you left there happy. If you're a Matt Kenseth, Kyle Busch, you know, Chase Elliott, some of those guys that, that didn't finish as well as they should have, then you probably are pissed off. But you can't blame yeah. all that on the track. So no. just because your guy has a bad day, you can't be so biased against everything else. Because I, I think we have a lot of fans that do that. That gets on my nerves. Yeah, they – it's its own monster right now. There, Bristol is Bristol. It's not the old Bristol that that we see all the highlights from. No, you know when they when they show Bristol highlights when they try to you know pump the race up. Everything's from you know guys rooting each other off the bottom and stuff. And this is just a different. This is a different type. It's on the top now. Yeah. And one good thing about this is it gives people like Land and them guys a better chance because you can't get around them if if it's a bottom track. We're just going to go in there and knock him off the racetrack, and those guys aren't going to see the bottom again until the whole field goes by, and then it's going to start again. Right, and then it's just not going to no. the it's going to separate it out more. I like Bristol both ways. I was fine when it was a bottom feeder track too, um, but you know I, I thought it was a good race. Yeah, it was good. We're going to fire into spot on, spot off. Josh is going to take again Kristen's place and read off some topics, and TJ and I are going to give our thoughts on each one of these things. Uh, first of all, uh, can you talk great. like a girl? No, I can't. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> great, great spotting by you two on Sunday. Yeah, on yeah. Cars did well. I actually uh, spotted really well on Saturday too. We just didn't get a good finish. Great spotting on Saturday. I thought we were yeah. going to get wrecked on the initial start. Were you behind me? You were behind. Hell me. yeah, I was behind you screaming. Check oh. up, check up. Don't hit him. The 88's Gosh, not moving. Man. Check up, check up. Yeah, that was uh, – I thought we were getting wrecked right there. It's a miracle you didn't because literally there were five <laughs> cars nose to tail behind well, you, radiator deep. Yeah, that they, they was scary. All right, go ahead. All right, so in the spot on, spot off, uh, Xfinity heat races, were they worth the hype or were they a little lame? Who's first? I'll go. I, 
I see what they're trying to do here, but they're not accomplishing it because we're qualifying first, and that's three full rounds. Then we're doing heat races. Everybody's scared to death to wreck. The heat races don't mean enough. And then we go into the race, and at the end of the day, you have to if – if you have a full-time sponsor, you have to be able to start the race. You can't be aggressive in the heat races because of that. So if we're going to do heat races, do them the day before – the, the main race so that you can pull out your backup if you need it and make it set the field. Don't like right now qualifying sets the field. Do away with qualifying. You know, do these mains, B main, C main, whatever, and let them set the field for the main. Yeah, I was just thinking that. What about a word of outlaws type format? Yep. You go in and I'm let's just draw. Yeah, draw a pill. Draw a pill. Yep. And if you're the thirteen car, you know you're off the pace and you don't want to start on the pole, you got the option to drop to the back. Right. But let's draw pills. Yeah. Well, heck with it. Let's see where you end up. And if you, you know, obviously we don't have enough, we probably wouldn't have enough cars for a, a C main and stuff, but let's draw pills. Let's practice. Draw a pill, you know, draw your pill. Yeah. See where your heat race is. Line yeah. them up. Three, you, four you, heat races. You think about what works well at short tracks. It's hot laps. And they go out there, they don't get to run long. Then they draw the pill, and then they run heat races. Like, mm-hmm. we're practicing four hours. Then we're qualifying for an hour. Then we're yeah. heat racing for an hour. Then we're going to do our main race for two hours. Like, we, we've taken the whole concept of can making the event more concise, and we've actually yeah. stretched it out more. Maybe we can do a four-wide salute coming, yeah. you know? That'd be cool. Parade lap, four-wide deal. Holy cow. I think it's a good concept. I think it needs yeah. a lot of freaking work, though. We're a long ways yeah. away from what we did on Saturday being more entertaining. Yeah. I'll go spot off on that as well. I, I I like the idea of heat races, but the format's not right yet. All right, uh, moving on to Kyle Busch finally loses a race after four consecutive wins. Uh, he hits a fan in the infield. Uh, do we have our old Kyle back? Um, and just so everyone knows, you do sign a waiver when you go into the infield at uh, Bristol. I'll and go s- most all tracks. I'm spot off, man. Uh, there's... You know, there's plenty of room when you crash to get your car stopped down there. There's no reason to be flying in there like that. If you're coming, if you're going behind the wall at Bristol, you're going to lose a bunch of laps anyway. You're not just losing one lap or two laps. You sit in your pit stall to do that stuff. So there's no, at some point you got to draw the line and, and realize, look, okay, these fan, fans have access and we, we don't need to put that in jeopardy by because you're mad and you're flying down there. Have a little... You know, have a be courteous, man. I know, I know you're angry and it's not your day, but you've had a pretty dang good month, man. Chill out, and uh, you know he'll probably win next week. Who knows? You know, there's another race next week. Don't don't ruin six months of this person's life. Yeah, for rolling an ankle, rolling your car with an ankle or something. Just slow down down there. TJ's spot on. Yeah, TJ's definitely spot on. He's coming in. He does. He hits a girl. But he almost hits two or three more people. Thank God they were paying attention. When I'm backstage at a concert, I don't expect a drummer to come up and hit me in the back of the head because he had a bad set. You know, like, yes, these fans have access. Yes, they're in a hot area. Yes, they have to be well aware of what's going on. But, you know, he's coming in at a pace that that was – Obviously dangerous to the people around him. He, yeah. He's got to use his, his head. For I no mean, reason. For no, no reason. reason. Right. No. You're I getting mean, ready to put it on jack stands right there. He, yeah. Is that person's is, – is tearing that person's angle off? He'd wreck three times, right? Right. At least three. Yeah. So he'd wreck three times. Yeah. You, you've destroyed – you've hit the wall hard. And, and the last time, obviously, he KO'd it. Like, there's no reason in coming in there to be in such a rush that you're putting anybody's safety in jeopardy. Because at the end of the day, the fans lose if he hurts this lady. And what I mean by that is the fans start losing access, and our sponsors pay too yeah. much money to put guests in the infield and in the, the pit and garage area for, for somebody to lose their cool and screw it up for everybody. And that, that waiver is not, you know, obviously it's stuff like that too, but it's it's for, you know, other crazy stuff happening, a lug nut flying off and yeah, hitting you somewhere or something, you know, like just – like that. If he could have prevented that, he's an asshole. That's a prevented. That's a preventable. At the end of the day, if he could have stopped or he could have turned a little left and prevented that, he's an asshole. If that had been yeah. my wife, I'd, I'd have probably been the first one to the winning net. Yeah. You? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would have. I can't even imagine being a family member of mine. I'd have been mad. Yeah. You know, I'm picturing my little girl walking around down there. You know. Yeah. What if you know she don't know any better? No. He's going behind the wall. Is it really worth that? No. So. no. All right. What you got next? Uh, well, speaking of um, blowing right front tires, JGR as a whole, except for Carl Edwards, oh, pretty much them out. every every car. Blowing them out. You yeah. said blowing. I didn't know what you meant. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> blowing them out. <laughs> uh, what did Carl do different? 
Carl, uh, he won the race. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I saw Carl's tires a couple times on the big screen, and it looked like he had some pretty excessive right front wear as well. It, it's obvious that JGR, and I couldn't get any of my, my friends that have – that know people that know people to tell me if it was a camber issue or not, but they were clearly doing something for Denny Hamlin to blow a right front, Kyle Busch to yeah. blow several Matt. right fronts, Matt blow. Matt's leading the race. He, his car looked really dominant early, which was my pick to win Bristol. Obviously, that didn't work. He blows a tire. You know, he he KOs it. So clearly, the it, it seemed like we raced forty to sixty laps every segment, and obviously, we never yeah. got in the window where Carl was going to get himself in trouble. Yeah, actually, uh. Talked to Greg. I called it one time. I said I told Greg on channel two. I'm like, hey Greg, we're getting close to a we're getting close to one a right front tire going, aren't we? And like literally like three laps later, it was boom. It was yep again yeah. the twenty car. Yeah. So they were definitely doing something. Uh, I mean, look, it's something they tried. It didn't work out. I mean, obviously it worked, but it didn't work. Yeah. So I don't know if Carl knew of the tire problems. Maybe he was going a little bit easier when he could. Um, obviously that happens when you have teammates that have problems. You know, when you, when your teammate blows up or something, you're always asking like, whoa, what, you know, anything we can do differently or, or, uh, but it's just, that's just, that shows you they're all running about the same stuff though, too. So I don't know. I, it, I don't know anything either about it. I, I'm assuming it was a camber issue or something. I think it's, so. yeah, our first assumption for and sure. And if we would have had another long green flag run, I'm not so sure, uh, Carl wouldn't have had a problem, so. We never got to that point, though. So no green flag pit stops. No. We were all under yellow. Probably eight or nine pit stops under yellow. Yeah, well, all day, all day. All right. So uh, Eric Jones essentially steals a win at Br- Bristol in the Xfinity Series. Hey, spot on. He did, I mean, <laughs> he, did, he got after it, man. Spot he, off for what made him have that opportunity, though. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's not. But that's not his fault. No. Spot on for him for getting after it and blasting around there, man. He made it happen. Kyle Larson made a huge mistake huge leaving the outside mistake. lane open. But if we back up with 12 laps to go, two cars that are multiple laps down barely touch each other on the backstretch. It was a number 90. I have no idea who drives that. And Ryan Reed. Sure. Ryan had had trouble early, so he was multiple laps down. He and the 90 touch. We throw a yellow and stop one of the best Xfinity races I've ever seen in my life. Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch were putting on a show. Weren't they? Oh, didn't yeah. they keep rolling too? Yes, we did. The, there was no yeah, wreck. There, there was no reason for the yellow, really. Yes, no wreck. Know, sometimes I feel like they throw the caution too quick, and sometimes I feel like they don't throw it at all early enough. It's almost the opposite. Like sometimes I feel like a guy will slide sideways and he'll save it, and uh, oh, caution's out, caution's out. Yeah. Next time, you know. You know, we'll have a guy KO it, KO it, and ride around <laughs> the apron and be like, "Oh, track's good, track's yeah. good." Yeah. What? Where's the balance? Uh, I mean, yeah. you'll have you'll have Kyle blow right front at California and go three quarters away around the track. Yeah. Without throwing anything. Well, out. that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm I was fine with that race finishing too. Why not? This one didn't need to slow down for that. No. You know, and they those guys were. What Honestly, happened on the backstretch should not have brought a yellow out. We should have watched Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch finish racing out, each other and duke it yeah, out. Yeah, man. I, I, my, my favorite Xfinity race was Brian Vickers and Shane Mill at IRP years and years ago. Yeah, this one was going to rival that, and, and they completely screwed it up. And then after they screwed it up, they screwed the lineup up. <laughs> then they're calling, like, we're coming to the green. Oh, we're you not coming to the green. It's one to go again. And they start trying to move cars around at the last minute. That's really hard to do. At the end of the day, the fans paid money to be there. The fans are investing their time watching on TV. If you get a caution with less than 20 laps, just red flag the damn thing so we can stop and get the field back sorted. If you can't sort the field out quickly, stop it, get it sorted out so they can get what they yeah. paid for, which is a finish. With 12 to go, we shouldn't have had the caution. Okay, we have the caution. We certainly should have more than a two-lap shootout at the end of that. Yeah, and we did one – one time we doubled up into turn three. Did you notice that? Yeah. And everybody got lined up. There's not enough time at Bristol and Martinsville to send the wave rounds and double up and get your lineup right. We always have to hold the one to go. In 45 seconds. I asked, I asked a couple years ago or last year in a, in a spotter's meeting, I asked why why we don't. We used to do it. Yeah. And it, I didn't really get a good answer, but it gave, it gives the tower, it gives the guys there more time to get the lineup right. Yeah. You know, but. Well, at the end of the day, we get, Elliot got black flagged for his lineup, but Jeb Burton was right behind us and followed us up through everybody that waved over, and he didn't get black flagged. So I think wow. when you look at it, where where's the consistency and the thought process? When you're in the game, it's very frustrating. You know, when you're in the tower, you're in the stands, or you're a sponsor, yes, you're invested. But when, when TJ and I are in that moment, 
man, that pisses us off when we feel like we're not yeah. we're getting cheated. I had that happen to me in a truck race earlier this year too, and I actually told the official on the roof that we were being we were coming to one to go or we got the one to go and we were getting waved by by trucks and I told the official I'm like you watch these guys right here are all waving us by just yeah. so you see it you see it right now yeah and we got they we lined up everybody's ready to go then they held the one to go because somebody wasn't lined up right yeah so I told the official I'm like you watch we are getting ready to get in trouble because they're going to look at these cars that wait us by. They're already doubled up. They're going to think we pass them all illegally right. or right. unfairly. That's and what happened to us this weekend. That's what I told him. And he's like, oh, I got all right. And sure enough, they, uh, you know, get the 29 back. These guys all just wait us by and then doubled up after we went by. Right. And we got in trouble for it. And yep. I, I sat there and told the official. But it's just something, you know, I know they're trying, working hard with it and stuff. And That official on the roof needs to have a bigger voice than he has. For for everybody listening, we have a NASCAR official, sometimes two officials that are on the roof with us. And, and that's who we go to when we have an issue or when we need help. But a lot of times that guy doesn't communicate anything to the tower. And when he does, he doesn't have enough couth. Yeah, I – you know what I also think they should get away? If you're going to report something on the track, I don't know if the crew chief should ever be able to report oil on the track. Yeah. Because that guy is sitting on a pit box. Right. You know, how does he know if there's oil on the bottom in turn three? Right. That should come from the like up top where the NASCAR official can see it. Or, you know, he can watch that corner and tell you some cars are sliding around. Yes. Like, I, I, I went down there and was screaming at Charlotte, hey, there's oil in the high group. We yeah. found it. Yeah. And uh, so did about four other guys. Right. So... Uh, you know, it's – I don't know, man. It, it's just – like you said, maybe they should have a little more say and there's certain things that should only be called in at certain times. Yeah. Eric Jones has been stupid fast all year. I mean, he, we've seen him go multiple laps down and come back and run top five. He's so. smart too. That kid can drive. Good for him. Yeah. The only, I just hope he hope he gets a better attitude when he does Well, I mean, yeah. You, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to have the wrong mentor there. I mean, when you have a guy – like Matt Kenseth in your organization, and you have a guy like Kyle Busch in your organization, you need to pick which guy you're ultimately going to grow up to be like, you know? Yeah. Mm. Got to be careful. Well, we've uh, we've talked about this last subject a little bit, but Bristol attendance um, for the spring down again. Uh, is it an issue of racing, or are people just not spending like they used to? Yeah, well, we can't bring people in from – you can't take your family from out of town. If you live two hours away and you want to come down for the weekend, you can't do it without without getting a four night minimum at a hotel room or bringing a bringing a tent. You know, I I'd like to wake up and shower in the morning and stuff, and you just can't do it. So um, that's not the only thing that's you know stopping the the attendance, but you know that's a big part of it. It's just so expensive for one weekend. It is, and I think the media bring a lot of attention to the fact that there's empty seats. I think the fans bring attention to it. But but if we took all of our media members and we said, hey, you have to pick one race this year. You have to work every race, but you have to pick one race that you got to pay for the travel yourself. This would be the last one they'd pick because Bristol is the most expensive. It's three to $400 a night for hotel rooms. They make you do three and four night minimums. It's three or $4,000 to take your child to this race. So at the end of the day, man, Bristol attendance is down. I think the racetrack is awesome because we do put on a good show, but it's freaking expensive to come. Yeah. It's a, you know, most of these races are good. Yeah. They're good in their own way, but it's just so you can't go and spend a thousand on 1200 on hotels for three, four nights or whatever. And then, and then buy food at the track. Gosh, man, that's, I, yeah, it's almost a vacation, like a like a it seven is. day or it, you could December. go to Disney World for four days for what you can come to Bristol for two. Yeah, you know, it's definitely true. definitely spot on on what's wrong. Maybe they'll listen. I doubt it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna move into fast lane, <clears throat> and normally this is where Kristen would read really this really paragraph, fast this rebuttal <laughs> rebuttal. This rebuttal. Does everybody know now? Do we even need to read? Fast lane is. TJ and I debate for 30 seconds. There you go. Boom. We've kind of already been debating a little bit, but let's keep going. I think we've been agreeing a lot today. Yeah. You must have uh, took your meds this morning. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe. You sure didn't run this morning. <laughs> I didn't run. Nope. Maybe he sat in that traffic getting here and just calmed down. I did. Maybe so. That traffic on 150, <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. I, I don't have that problem. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, Bristol was kind to some drivers who are not as well-known for finishing in the top ten. Trevor Bain finished fifth. Matt Dibendetto. Wow, I always screw his last name up. Dibendetto. 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 
Di Benedetto finished sixth. Boyer eighth. Uh, good spotting by Brett. Holla. Uh, good spotting by TJ. Uh, Bristol is usually a tough place to race. You know, why do you think these drivers ran so well on Sunday? Ah, uh, man, let's track, man. The track, it's hard to pass. It's it's not a not a typical, you know, mile and a half. You don't have to have the, you know, if you have just a little bit of speed. And most of these guys come from a background of short track racing and stuff and can make it real hard to pass. So, uh you know, these guys, Trevor Bain, that's a great win. That's huge for him, man. Huge. That's, you know, that's a big confidence builder. And even deep Matt, you know, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, even Clint struggling through it, man, coming out of there. Hopefully that gives him a good shot in the arm. Yeah, I mean, when you th- break it down, you know, track position is a big deal. And restarting in the top lane is a very big deal. We were able to restart the last two restarts on the top lane and come from probably 14th or 16th up to eight just because we could take advantage of that. Trevor's been faster. He's got a new crew chief this year, a new spotter. Uh, Matt DiBendetto, a big win for him. And, and and I saw everybody saying how gracious he was after the race. So really happy for, for everybody that ran well at Bristol. Yeah, Matt, I mean, just seeing that's what kind of what a you know we need, I like to see in our sport. You know, like even with Kyle and that woman after the race, Matt finishing sixth here. You know, I'm sure he didn't wake up that morning saying, man, I'm going to finish top 10 today. Right. You know, and for him to come out of there and to see that reaction on on the Internet of his people that live around him, man, and how, you know, how much it means to that, that's awesome, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, at short tracks, there are just some drivers who are true pains in the ass. <laughs> um, what drivers seem to be consistent pain in what way? Uh, how much harder is it to stay out of the way at short tracks? Man, when I first started in this sport, there was a, a guy named Robbie Gordon who was a pain in the ass. And then Ryan Newman was a huge pain in the ass. And he's not no more, though. He's not anymore. Yeah. I give him that. He's not anymore. Um, man, this year, I think I think the driver that's consistently a pain in the ass is maybe Danica. She's been hanging on our right rear bunch when we try to get off the corner. And that's a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't – I used to get mad at people when they race, you know, more than I thought they should. But, you know, realistically, though, a place like Bristol, though, if you hold three or four guys off for a for 40, 50 laps, that's a pretty big gain. And then you get an outside row restart, you shoot back up two or three more spots. So, I don't know. This year, um, I don't know if we've ever – if we've consistently had a problem um, with anybody in particular. I think uh, – um, I don't know. We we we've been we've been getting by people pretty good, and we've passed a lot of cars this year. I think we might lead the lead the series in quality passes. Wow! I know. I think could be wrong. Yeah, I don't have an answer. Yeah, at the end of the day, the people who are the pain in the ass do create some racing, and and they actually can create some wrecks. So it's not a bad thing from an entertainment standpoint. Just from our standpoint, they're paid to race. So from, you can't yeah. you cannot get mad at somebody for racing, whether it makes them lose more time on the track or not. You can't get mad at people for racing. Yeah, so. From from our standpoint, it's it's frustrating. But at the end of the day, we've all we're all entitled to our real estate out there. So hey, did you keep see, being pains in the ass? We love you guys too. Did you see Jimmy and AJ going at it there for a oh, while? Oh, that was awesome! That was awesome, I know. dude. They were beating it back. And <laughs> you, you like you wish Jimmy wasn't such a nice guy because AJ was totally taken advantage. He of He almost wrecked himself. Yes. trying to pass him a couple times. Yes, yeah. You almost wish that it, had Jimmy been Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart would have sailed that guy into the, the oh, to the third yeah. row of the stands. <laughs> yeah, way before. Yeah, Harvick. Yeah. Like Harvick would have been like, uh, yeah, dude, I'm done yeah, with you. I think Del, we would even have moved him by that point. Yeah, Jimmy but, was. Jimmy's just such. People don't realize how nice of a guy he is. And yeah, he, <laughs> Dingaling was definitely taking advantage of how nice he is. But he ran. I mean, he, AJ was doing what he had to do. AJ wasn't doing anything wrong. Jimmy was just faster and couldn't get by. Yeah. So and was very nice about it. Yeah. So <laughs> AJ was being a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> right rear quarter. All right, uh, Dale Jr. has a battery issue on the first lap at Bristol and is forced to go to pit road to get it fixed. <clears throat> Jr. rebounded from this issue. And finish the race second. What all is said between a driver and his spotter when mishaps like this occur? How do you, TJ, convince Dale that his day wasn't over? Well, I think I think he kind of set the tone for that once we came off pit road and the way he started passing people, he set the tone for that already. Tell so us what happened. We come out of we come out of four. 
He goes to take off. There's no power. It just shuts off. What had happened was, is what I was told was, he engaged the system that if you hit the brakes too hard, it shuts the motor off. There was some sort something happened with that when he was warming his brakes up and you know doing all that stuff. He apparently hit it too hard at one point, and there was some sort of malfunction or something happened. And we went to take back off. There was no power. So we. Um, uh, you know, I I was just trying to get everybody by him first before I could get him down because we were on the back side of pit road, and the only thing I could think of was to get him to pit road at that point because if you sit on the racetrack, you're going to lose three four laps before yeah. they throw the caution. You know, yeah. you're going to lose three or four by getting a push back, a tow back. So, um, you know, we, we got in there, and he got power. We rolled off, and he set the tone for how the rest of the day was going to be by the, very, by the first few cars that he caught by just basically getting there saying, hey, I'm not racing you. I'm taking this position and I'm going on. So I, I kind of left that up to him, and he he pretty made it pretty obvious. Man, I I was behind, starting behind Dale Jr. So we all start screaming green flag, and everybody's instinct is to haul ass. And then I see the 88s literally not moving, so I start screaming, check up, check up. They're stopped up top. You know, get down, blah 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 blah. And we do, and then I see Dale Jr. You know, a couple laps later, pop out off pit road, and I'm like, man, whatever was going on wasn't terminal, which is good. Man, he's got a long day ahead, and holy cow, did he come back and make the most out of it. And at the end of the day, the spotter plays a role in that happening at a place like Bristol. Yeah, they uh, – we – you know, Greg did a great job picking when we took a wave around, and we had enough speed to get the lucky dog when we got an opportunity to. So we got cautions when we needed it, and, you know, I, it was just a, a good team effort. But, you know, Del Jr. definitely – he drove his ass off to get back to keep us in contention to do that stuff. All right, what's uh what's one thing NASCAR can do to help them keep gaining support of the fans, sponsors, and drivers, Brett? I don't need 30 seconds. I need one word, consistency. <laughs> yeah, I think uh I think being consistent and giving the same ruling on things like uh you know, the, they yelled at the 19 car for jacking everybody up on a restart because he wasn't keeping his speed up. Well, if he didn't keep his speed up, black flag him. If that's the if that's your your deal, you know, the next guy comes along and does saying you black flag him. That's not fair. If the guy drug his feet, changed his pace speed to up or down before he took off, black flag the guy. Be consistent with it. All we ask for is is fairness and consistency. You know, you got to throw the yellow at the same time every time. You got to not throw the yellow at the same time every time. You got to black flag the guy if he's cheating or restart. You can't not. You can't pick and choose these things to where it looks like it becomes at their discretion. They've got to be consistent with all of these calls. I realize it's very difficult, but at the end of the day, when a ref sees holding on, on a football game, he throws his flag. He doesn't walk over to the player and go, hey, man, don't hold on the next player. I'm going to throw the flag. Like That's kind of what happened with that restart with Carl. Like they, yeah. The restart's under review, and then 15 seconds later they come back and say, okay, the restart's clear. It's all good. And then the next restart they say, hey, make sure the 19 keeps his speed up. Well, did he not keep his speed up? Because if he didn't, black flag him. So it yeah. changes the whole outcome of these things. Just be consistent. All right, the first off-the-wall topic goes to TJ. This better be good. ACDC released a statement saying that Axel Rose, that was Kristen's name, by the way. Axel, the Axel Rose? Yeah, yeah the Axel that. Rose. I thought pick Axel from Rose. From Guns N' Roses. Will now be their lead singer after Brian Johnson announced he suffers from hearing loss. How do you feel about a lead singer from a big-time band like GNR switching teams? And so wait a minute, I thought Guns N' Roses just got back together. Yeah, or maybe they're just doing one tour together. I didn't even know they still sang with each other. They, they Guns well, N' Roses hates each other, but they got back together to do like one tour, and well, I think they're Slash doing it now. Left. Slash and, then, and Axel hate each other. Yeah, he yeah. left, and then he was supposed to come back. Now Axel's leaving to go to ACDC. Like effective immediately, or they're doing their tour? I I didn't see if. Well, it was if you're gonna research it, Josh, you got to research it. <laughs> TJ, go. Sorry. I, dude, I didn't even know they were still all together like that. That was like not early 90s stuff, man. It's 2016. We talk about Justin Bieber on here and stuff. <laughs> Who's gonna, how are you going to bring ACDC into this? Hey, man, it's something you should know about. Dude, I was 11. I love ACDC. I, I do too, but I mean, dang, that I, black I, and black. I think it's somewhat of a travesty that – Axl Rose is leaving GNR, the best rock and roll band ever, to go to ACDC, which is another phenomenal, legendary rock and roll band. But, man, ACDC, like, those guys must not have managed their money well. You look like a like they, that type of guy. Like a hellbanger? <laughs> no, you look more like the Guns N' Roses and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's not really hellbanger. You had the hair, I'll bet, too. 
Oh, I had long hair. See, that's why Tats. right there. <laughs> but ACDC, the ACDC's <laughs> a great band. Like, obviously those musicians didn't do well with their money or they'd all retire. Yeah, that's why they go on tour again. That's why, that's the only way they make money. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. All right. Cool. Next. next. <laughs> <laughs> the second off-the-wall topic goes to Brett. Bruton Smith is considering a bid to purchase Carolina Panthers. Jerry Richardson was reported saying the team will be sold within two years of his death. Do you think this is a good business venture for the Smith family, or should they stick with racetracks and car dealerships? So, Bruton, does Bruton have to outlive Jerry Richardson for this <laughs> to happen? Uh, I don't know the ages of those two guys, but... Um, well, I think Bruton's 84. Yeah. I don't I, know, man. Bruton, I want to own a football team. Bruton Smith's a billionaire, like, a well, couple I'm, times over. The only... I mean, he's rich. But, so, but Bruton's got Marcus also in the – Josh, this is my 30 seconds. Right. This is where we miss Kristen. Mm-hmm. Kristen – TJ. Are you a Panthers fan? <laughs> yeah, sort of. He is. My answer is if I could buy an NFL team, I would. Yeah. I would buy an NFL team in a heartbeat, man. They're awesome. That would be awesome knowing that stuff. Who are you going to draft and stuff? I'd make all them decisions. Bruton's had some funny marketing ideas, too, in racing, so he God has. only knows what, how he would do in the NFL. Let's hope it happens. Let's hope it happens like now. Let's hope it happens. Yeah. He have Z-Max girls <laughs> down there doing the coin toss. Yeah. That'd be hot. Yeah. yeah. In leather. Ride that cowboy to driver intro. <laughs> <laughs> in leather football shoulder pad suits. <laughs> Bruton's a marketing genius. He is. He knows how to get it done. He's He's made some – Billions. He's made some skeptical decisions, but he's made it work, man. So and he's gone all the way from the bottom, all the way back up to the top. Yeah. Started from the bottom. TJ and I know some here. really rich dudes. We hang out with some really rich dudes, but I don't hang out with anybody that's a billionaire. No, I, I don't. I've asked Junior numerous times to buy the bills, but he won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Why I don't know. Why won't he buy the bills? I don't know. He probably he buy can- the Redskins first. <laughs> I mean, billions is a different ball game. I know some billionaires. Rob Kaufman's yeah. a billionaire, yeah. a friend of mine. But again, I've never like ran hard with a billionaire. I wonder how they do it. I probably not. Probably not as fun as we do it. No, I, I think your mentality would have to change a little bit. Yeah, I think you just become so caught up in the business side of it when yeah. you get there. There's always something. Not that there's not something going on normally, but like there's just so much you got at one point. I don't know. You know, if I'd want that problem. Yeah. Elliot's dad's a very wealthy guy, and he told me when I was in my low 20s, 23-ish, he said, if you ever meet a billionaire, that's a guy who stepped on a lot of people to get it. Yeah. They're hungry. You didn't make everyone happy on your way there. They'll screw you over for a dollar and a heartbeat. Yeah. Guys, I don't want to be that guy. Do you guys no. want to know the difference between a million and a billion? That's yeah. It's just a good way to look at it. You give your wife a million dollars, tell her to spend a hundred grand a day, she'll be back in 10 days. Makes sense. Yeah. You give your wife a billion dollars, tell her to spend a hundred grand a day, she'll be back in twenty six years. There's the difference between a million and a billion. Hmm. Pretty sure I wouldn't want her back after twenty six <laughs> years. I give her ten bucks, she's back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, we're gonna move into hashtag ask DBC. So yeah, that'll work. The best tweets and funniest ones we receive. Yep, yeah, the, the top five, and at the end we'll choose one. And Josh picks person. these out. So if, if you're a girl and yeah. you send these in, you should really include a selfie because Josh is single and ready to mingle. So market yourself by putting hot pictures of yourself with these tweets, and Josh will get you on the show. Yeah, Josh, is. Uh, he would love some selfies. He's got a selfie stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good plug there. Thanks. All right, we've seen some great runs from underdogs this year at short tracks. Why do you think they've been more successful this year at BB Beegert? BB Beegert. I think uh, TJ hit it on earlier. I mean, you know, uh, short tracks create parity. When we go to these mile-and-a-halfs and these two-mile tracks, the bodies on these cars are so tricked out. You know, clearly they're legal or they wouldn't be getting through tech. But these short, these smaller teams – have a lot harder time in the fabrication department of, of making these bodies, maximizing downforce, maximizing low drag numbers, and, and that's where these super teams will just kick your butt. They, they've all got alliances. They've all got good motor programs now, but at the end of the day, man, the short track, you don't rely on the body as much. I think that's why they shine there. Yeah, you uh, you know, you go to a place like Martinsville or Bristol where you, know, you don't have to have the fastest car. 
and uh, you can be competitive still. Uh, Bristol was a prime example of that you give a you give a good driver um, a decent car and it's hard to pass. He can make some stuff happen. So um, I don't think it's any different really than this year. Um, I just think it you know cautions. Everything's falling right. Cautions came right. They you know so things just kind of worked in place for him. All right, from our uh, friend Cornelius V Star. Are you familiar with the cone rule used at some short tracks? Would you support this use in NASCAR? Uh, no, because that would mean that we, like, restart? Is that, you think that's what he's talking yeah. about? Uh, that would be single file restarts more than likely, and yeah. I don't think that's a fair, I would hate to do that. No single file restarts. The only thing I think that would be cool maybe is if we put the leader, uh, maybe the leader should get in the front row by himself. You know, that I've seen some short tracks do that. If you're leading the race, you get the front row by yourself. You let everyone else double up. Yeah, I, I love our so, restart track. Now. I like them. I like the restart. I like double file restarts. I, I think our shootout style, what are they called? What are they double called? Yeah, double file style. shootout. I think it's great. I wouldn't change them. No, nah, our, our restarts are awesome. The cone rule wouldn't help some of the things that – hey, we're, we're doing – Better things to put a better yeah, product in policed, front of the fans. They've policed the restarts enough now that we can't really, we can't really get it. You know, you can't really screw a guy over too bad there. So the leader has the advantage now, which there for a while he didn't. No. Um. So that, but they've done a good job of yelling at the spotters when we're coming to the line. Get yeah. that guy even. I'm warning you right now. Blah blah blah. You know. So they've done a good job with that. Yeah, our restarts are good. Yeah. All right. This is from Bradley eighty eight Billy. Uh, the Colossus. The so is he Bradley or is he Billy? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, maybe he's both. Bradley, idiot, Billy. It wasn't a big, as big a deal today, or I guess two Josh, days ago. Josh, read the question. <laughs> supposed to be authentic. Colossus it's, it's, wasn't a big deal today, but what you think it's going to be <laughs> at night? Uh, damn, I'm exhausted, dude. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> was Colossus great during the day and will it be a distraction at night no nah, man Colossus is great I, you know I'm not a big fan of, of the TV hype uh, fans yeah. I think fans are staying home some because they do get a great experience watching on TV yep. but if they're at a live event they're not going to come to the live event to watch it on your TV I went to the Cowboys Super Bowl uh, whenever they just built that new TV when the Green Bay Packers played the Pittsburgh Steelers and like the TV was almost a distraction it was hard to not watch the TV and actually watch the game so I, I wouldn't get too caught up in all this TV crap but no it, it for us man it won't be a distraction you know it, for the football game there it might be pretty good at Bristol yeah football game but our race you can see everything that's going on we don't need I'm 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 just not really a big fan of these huge TVs. You don't go there to watch a TV. You go there to watch a race. Yeah, it's great for replays and stuff. But yeah, I mean we've got you've got fan visions with replay screens on them, and not not to mention everybody basically has a smartphone or a tablet. And if you have that there, you can basically still bring up. You can still watch it on social media, whatever's happened, pretty quick right after it happens. So. The best thing about a race is you can see more in person than you can on TV. Yeah. You can watch what race within the race you want to watch. You can yeah. see the whole track if you sit in one and two at Bristol. When you watch on your TV, you're watching whatever they want you to watch. Right. You don't get to watch You don't get to watch us coming from thir- 40th or whatever, whatever we were on lap two. You yeah. know, you're know, you not watching that. You're watching the two leaders. You're watching Matt and Carl Duke get out up there. Right. You're not watching, our, you're not watching Dale Jr. slide job all these guys and I make think- it happen. So often in racing, the best race is you know around tenth or fifteenth, and so often TV doesn't show them. Yeah, when you're in person, you can watch whatever you want. Yeah, go to the race, man. You'll see so much more stuff. Yep, uh, I will be at that football game. By the way, it's going to be awesome. You're go ball. a balls fan, right? Go balls. So, what do you think about Peyton being there? Uh, I was. I met him. I was extremely uh, happy that Peyton was there. I was extremely sad that I was not. He did our uh, team meeting. A little pep talk at the end of it. What did he say? I can't tell you. Yeah, you can. <laughs> what do you say? He just gave us all, you know, uh, it was pretty good. Um, communication, he said, that's huge. Uh, obviously, you can, you knew that would be one of his sayings. Be, he says, no. Did you holler Omaha? I was going to, but uh, told us focus on, you know, get better uh, get better at what you're not good at. Focus on what you're not good at and get better at that. Everyone, Everyone's always, uh, what you're good at, everyone already knows. So get better at what you're not good at. I've been screwing that up for years. I know. I haven't figured I it was, out yet. I've always focused on what I'm good at and outsourced what I'm not. Oh, yeah. I got the wrong plan. Well, he's a Super Bowl champ. You think? So maybe listen to him. You should have, when Dale Jr. stopped at the beginning of the race, you should have yelled, Omaha. Start yelling, Omaha. Omaha, Omaha. Here we come, <laughs> Greg. Omaha. 
<laughs> Here we come. So, yeah, it is cool meeting him. Very humble guy. Not as he's tall. Yeah, he is tall, but he's not as stocky as what I thought. I think I, I mean I could take him down. I believe. Yeah, he came yeah. up to his waist. I take go for the knees, man. <laughs> go for the knees. All right, at J Steen two three four wants to know which NASCAR stop has the best food. Mm. That's a good one. Well, I don't know. I like Texas. Texas is pretty good. Um. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to clear my throat. <laughs> I'm trying to think of where else has uh, Indy's usually pretty good. It's got a couple good restaurants. St. Elmo's. St. Elmo's, yeah. 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 Yep. I think Texas I mean, obviously Ve- good. Vegas has great food. Well, obviously the Hooters in Tennessee. <laughs> Bristol's pretty <laughs> good. Saying Johnson City, baby. Johnson City JC Hooters. Hooters. Yep. Yep. Yeah. If you want to see NASCAR drivers, go to St. Elmo's, <laughs> Thursday night, Friday night in Indy. If you want to see spotters, PR guys, and everybody else, go to Hooters <laughs> in Bristol, Johnson City. Go to Steak and Shake. Did they outsource any – Talent for the weekend, or was uh, it? They were all locals. <laughs> My favorite food stop is Miami. We go to Homestead, man. I go up to South Beach, and they got so many good restaurants there. One of my favorite, Joe Stone Crab. I'm not a seafood eater, so I avoid all that. I like seafood, just not crab. Yeah, yeah not I'm crab not guy. eating it. Joe Stone Crab's phenomenal. That's a good question, Jay Steen. Phoenix, then, Scott's Phoenix is a good stop, too, though. Scott's it is. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, well, yeah, the art, House all that stuff. Yeah. Man, that City whole area Hall. by the stadium. Glendale. Is nice. Yeah, but Scottsdale's way better. It is, but it's a little hike. Yeah, but it's worth it. I have I work too much to head all the way over there. You usually <laughs> get off where I do. Yeah. Uh, our, our, our last question comes from uh, Travis C underscore 48. Should NASCAR go back to mandating that there must be five lug nuts on each wheel? I thought they didn't mandate that. I thought it was three. It's three four. All? It's four. Okay. Well, we're, we just split the middle. Uh, I don't know. So you only have to have four lug nuts on your tires now. Yeah, I'm not a picker guy, so it's not my responsibility yeah. to know that. That's why I don't know. But I don't know why they changed. I, I mean, it, to I be guess I guess you. what he's asking is the biggest issue, or uh, not the biggest issue, but one of the issues was uh, a loose fourth lug nut. Yeah, here's my thing on this whole lug nut thing. Why do you care if you're NASCAR? If 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 my job is to put the tire on and I screw it up and I don't put it on. We're going to have a caution. Cautions are good for the sport. Cautions make it entertaining. Cautions breed cautions. Why should I tell the team, hey, you have a loose wheel. You have to come back down here. That should be up to the driver and up to the tire changer and up to the crew chief as to whether or not they're at a deficiency to the point they need to pit, lose multiple laps, fixing the problem. If the driver doesn't have a vibration, he's going to say, I'm good. If he does, he's going to say, I'm pitting. So put that responsibility on the teams. NASCAR shouldn't be involved in that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know why they would. I understand they don't want guys' right fronts falling off and stuff, but either mandate five or mandate nothing. Well, it used to be, you know, the tires could be a potential danger for the fans. Well, now we've got tethers and we, we've got things that prevent that from happening. So, man, should NASCAR be mandating any lug nuts? I don't, I don't know though, man. What care. if, a, what if a, what if a tire did come off? Well, it's not. It's tethered now. The tire's not. If you leave all the lug nuts off, yeah, that's coming not, off. You're not going to ever leave. <laughs> if you leave all the lug nuts off, if you won't make it off pit road. Well, we saw the Wood Brothers do that in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, what if you have – what if uh, – I don't know, man. These guns are so fast. In, in theory, Josh, what we're told is if they hit three lug nuts tight, the wheel's tight enough for them to race. So the fourth one doesn't even have to be tight in yeah. theory. Now, that's because – that's theory, obviously. So that can be wrong or right, but I don't know. What you got for Richmond? I don't know. Do you have any rants? Well, I think well, we've already well, went on all the rants. Let's pick a winner first. For, oh, let's uh, pick the winner for the signed Elliot Sadler. Is that the Travis C. that has a crush on Kristen? Mm-hmm. Has he won anything yet? I'd have to go back and look. I don't think so. It's just a date with Kristen. <laughs> I don't think it's, I, since Kristen's not here today, uh, I think Travis C. should win. What do you think? Yeah, if Travis uh, – if, if he hasn't won yet. He, he should win, but I also like the food one. I mean, that's cool. Somebody's thinking about that. Maybe they want to go. Maybe that's maybe they're planning their next trip. Yeah, so, Jasteen, if you plan your next trip around food, I'll let you take me to dinner. <laughs> yeah, I want to go. <laughs> all right, well, you can take too. all of us to dinner. Yeah, I'll go. Um, if it's on Thursday night, I it'll be more expensive. If it's in Indy, Texas, <laughs> Phoenix, or heck, I even go with the Glen. I'm from up there, so. Yeah. Glenn, where do you eat at Watkins Glen? We just walk out the hotel, walk down that little street in Corning or whatever. Oh, you're in Corning. I'm yeah. in uh, I'm in Ithaca. Oh, good. Yeah. Pack a lunch to get there. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hooters, up. man. <laughs> What's the, everything about Hooters? <laughs> Why do we got to single out one thing? They've got everything going for them. 
Oh, man. I think we went on pretty uh, rants already. Hey, we sucked last week with our predictions. I didn't. Who'd I pick? Keselowski. He finished like 15th. Oh, yeah. Still beat you. <laughs> you did last week because my guy. I'll tell you, it was fast. I need to talk to the tire guy on Matt's team. The 22 was fast in the middle point of that race. Yeah. When he was coming back up through there, I was. I kind of thought he was going to chase too. Chase Elliott, man, was holy. He had a chance to win. He was in. Hey, my he my rant will be real quick. Will be these rookies, man. They're they're real deals, man. Like we've never had. We haven't had a rookie class like this in a long time. Very long time. And Blaney, he's impressing the heck out of me. Um, even Chase, man, yeah. that dude was coming. Yeah. He got the bottom on that last restart, but dude was second there at one point. Yeah. In, in Carl's tracks, man. And so. Chris Busher is not in equipment that's capable of running like those guys, but he yeah. certainly – he's running well. He's racing smart. He's staying out of the way. This, this is a phenomenal rookie class. Richmond oh, predictions, man. and I get to go first. Yeah, go ahead. That's not normal. Uh, I'm going to go Harvick just because man. he's so freaking good at Richmond. Yeah, he's he's struggled a little bit lately. Though. He has been struggling. I mean, I, he's running third the whole race. He's struggling. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Huh. Man, who you got? Well, Sam Hornish isn't around anymore, so I can't. Do it. <laughs> uh, I'll go. I'll go the two again. They're fast there. Yeah. So we got um, Keselowski against Harvick. Yeah. Man, I, I really want to pick Denny. Well, it's his home track, so he he's good he's there. He's good there, but he's I'm definitely going, good I'm, there. I'm gonna go against my dude. Denny's done gut. until the chase. Just get that out. Yeah, he's, he's done, dude. He if I won the Daytona 100, I, I wouldn't be too. I'm not blaming him. No, I, I think he's still on the party bus for it. I would be. Uh, yeah, I'd still be partying. Yeah, billionaire style. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks to one man, Exalted, for having us. What are we looking at? I don't know. It wasn't bad. <laughs> TJ's talent scouting from Dirty Mo Radio. Did you see the size of that doll that just walked through the lobby? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Right. It's a mini golden doodle. <laughs> We're out of here. Hopefully, Chris will be back next week. Give us feedback. Rate us. Send us questions. Holla. Reminder to Junior Nation, buy your tickets for the JRM Tour stop that will be at Richmond International Raceway this weekend. Tickets are on sale until April 21st for the race on Saturday, which will mark Dale Jr.'s final Xfinity race for 2016. Each Junior Nation ticket holder will receive a free JRM 2016 Tour t-shirt and will be seated in the Junior Nation Grandstand section. While you're at RIR, be sure to stop at the concession stand and purchase a Hellman's Banana Mayo Sandwich for $2, and $1 of that will be donated to the Dell Junior Foundation for blessings in a backpack. The Banana Blessings will be located in the concession stand beneath the Sprint C Grandstand located near the start-finish line. And don't forget, you can still go online and to DaleJuniorSandwich.com and donate to Blessings in a Backpack until Saturday, April 23rd. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 